Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, I'm Luke O'Neill and welcome to my podcast, Show Me the Science. And I hope uh, you're enjoying them. I love doing them, actually, to be honest, because what happens is, let me let me tell you, I'm a very busy person. Um, I just see stuff all the time in science. I'm a scientist and I see stuff from various sources come into me. It can be the scientific literature. It can be other science writers. I see what they're writing about. And I say, oh, that's interesting. I'll dig into that a bit more. Um, and then I just talk to you. It's wonderful. you know. And I hope you're, uh, you're getting something out of them. And I am inclined to pick things that uh, just I find fascinating, both from a scientific point of view, but also just in general fascinating. And this week's one. For some reason, this struck a huge chord with me. I read it last week. Uh, the Guardian Science Writer had a great piece on it, and I read it in a couple of other places. It got well reported, actually, all over the place. Um, it's about the science of free time. Let's use that as our title, right? And again, you'd wonder why people would study this, and, and what it's about is what's the optimum leisure time? So lazy and surly. Now, of course, during lockdown and all the COVID thing, we had a lot of time on our hands and we were trying to fill time in various ways. It's, it's a serious subject in a way because it turns out leisure time is really important for us. If we, if we do the right things in our leisure time, it's really beneficial in all kinds of ways. So there's kind of a serious aspect to it. And there's also things like, you know, which things should you do that you really enjoy? Will you get more bang for your books if you do certain things in your leisure time than others? And psychologists have studied this for quite a long time, actually. They've been addressing the importance of leisure time, of course. So there is some interesting elements to it. But the bottom line from a huge study, now again, as I often say, um, I, I, when I talk about things, I try to get the most robust science and say, look, this is a really convincing study. Two huge studies were combined uh, on this issue of leisure time. And then the bottom line that they concluded was there's an optimum amount of time in a day, right? Now, the optimum is two hours, turns out if you go to five hours or beyond leisure, then it begins to backfire a bit and it becomes deleterious. Now, isn't that strange? So, in other words, there seems to be an optimum time to enjoy yourself. And I'm always reminded, I remember when I was in school, we all do Shakespeare. If all the year we're playing holidays, to sport would be as tedious as to work. Now, that's Shakespeare. He knew what he was talking about. What Shakespeare was saying was, if we spend all our time sporting, and enjoying ourselves, that will become as tedious as if we're spending all our time working. I'm so tired of partying. So very tired. So I guess the ancients knew this. You have to work, do stuff that's a bit tough, I suppose, and a bit challenging in all kinds of ways. And you also need some leisure time. And it's the combination of the two and how much time you spend doing each activity that counts, really. You know, And often when people retire then, of course, they're now, they've got a lot more time on their hands and they need to think, well, how am I going to spend my time? Because if I spend my time just doing nothing, that won't work either, you know. And yet I don't want to be doing work. I spend a whole lifetime working hard, you know. And it's that balance that really fascinates me in trying to get that balance right. And we all have our leisure time at the weekends to think about and so on. Now, um, that two-hour thing is interesting because obviously this is a serious question to try to figure out to, to advise people, I suppose, with the idea. And, of course, you know, they, we've known for decades that if you spend your leisure time and, and certainly if you have some leisure time that you enjoy better problem solving your brain is a bit better it improves creativity so you've got to have downtime away from work and it'll improve creativity studies have shown this uh, you also have um, you know art, it, it's sort of much better ability to enjoy yourself when you're working so it's kind of it, it translates into you know a more successful working life now we kind of know this obviously not ourselves don't we and then the question becomes then if that's the case if it's so good for you 
what's the best thing to do as I say um, the other thing that, that became clear was actually from the study many people have five hours of leisure time per day anyway and then is that ideal was one of the questions that they, that they kind of came up with now again they've studied different activities so art is really good for you so if you practice something creative in your leisure time that's really beneficial mental puzzles are brilliant and we've known that of course for ages as well things like doing crosswords turns out to be superb thing to do in your in your spare time and then they got a few that were really good and when they evaluated them and compared them all to each other these are big studies going back decades, by the way, that I read about. Walking turns out to be a superb leisure activity. And in fact, walking tops the list of the best leisure activity. Now, why would that be? Well, out in the fresh air is good. You're looking at nature. That's good as well. You're getting a bit of exercise. Your heart rate's going up. That's good as well. And then your mind is kind of distracted as you walk, I suppose. So a bit of walking every day as part of your leisure activity is really good for you. And that came out top in terms of all the leisure activities. Second thing that came out really high was social activity. And of course, we are social creatures. It's obvious in a way. They listed chatting, strangely, as a, as a positive activity. Just having a chat to someone. It could be the postman. It could be the butcher. It could be whoever you meet in your, in your, in your day. Have a chat. That's really beneficial. And chatting to... I guess that's because we're social creatures. And, and that's why that makes sense, I suppose. The other was very clearly outdoors is better than indoors. And they could show this. Get out of the house. Try as best you can to get out. And being outdoors was beneficial compared to... When it seems to free your mind a bit. And there's lots of stuff on things like, you know, forest bathing. The, uh, the Japanese talk about that. Going for a walk in a green place was beneficial. Walking beside the sea, the blue colour seems to be beneficial. All of this definitely improves the mood. So the advice would be get out and go for a walk is a really good piece of uh, thing to do in terms of a uh, piece of advice in terms of leisure activities. Get out. I'll open the door for you. Yeah? And then another one that struck me as really interesting was, what about spending money? Now, of course, you can, you know, we all like to shop and buy things in, in our leisure time. We go shopping on a Saturday or whatever, and it might make us feel a bit better if we buy something. But guess what? It's much better to spend money on experiences than on things. And one study which really struck me as interesting was 72% of millennials said they much prefer to spend money on an activity than on buying something. And that's interesting, isn't it? So we like experiences in our leisure as well, remember. And that's probably because an experience means being with people. It's doing something together, you know. It's sharing an experience seems to be a really beneficial thing for us. And overall, what what those analyses tell us is achieving a thing called flow is key. And it's a well-known word. I think we may have even discussed it on, on previous podcasts. You lose yourself in the activity and you achieve this thing called flow. And that might be playing music. It might be painting. It might be having a chat to someone. You're in the room talking to someone, whatever it is. Walking, your mind begins to get into a certain vibe. Really beneficial. So these are all really good. And experiences, of course, will allow you uh, to, to achieve flow. And then what got me as well about this was um, one big thing that comes out of all these leisure analyses is, does it leave you with a story? Now, isn't that interesting? So in other words, if you do something, maybe it's to go for a walk and you see something on your walk. Maybe it's a sporting thing and you win the match or you lose it or you get injured or whatever it is. If you can tell a story about what you were doing in your leisure time, that turns out to be beneficial. So when you're thinking about what to do, think, will it give me a story? You won't get much of a story by watching reruns of Friends. Not that Friends is a bad thing, of course, but, um, but you'll have a much better story to tell if you get out and do something. You know? so, so will it leave you with a story? The other big thing was, and we all know this in spades, and study after study is showing this. Unplug from digital devices. That seems to be a really beneficial thing to do. Get away 
from your device basically is really beneficial as well um, and then the other thing is if you're challenged in your leisure in other words you're doing something challenging that gets you going and that could be as I say a sporting event or something like that and one I liked was in that particular study there's loads of studies I've been reading about this um, if you get a sense of awe from what you do now the trouble is we use the word awesome all the time don't we everything can't be awesome you know, remember that movie where well, it was the line, wasn't it? You know, everything is awesome. It can't be everything can be awesome. What, what, where do you get awe from? Nature, you know, if you see a fantastic bit of scenery. Or maybe it is going to an artistic event or something like that, or going to, a, you know, an art exhibition. If you get a sense of awe from something in your leisure activity, that's brilliant. And all of these things now have been evaluated and, and, people, and been studied over the years, and they are all the things that we, we should do in our leisure time. But as I say, let me now go, go into more detail on the optimum time. Now, two huge studies were done. One had 35,000 participants. It was called the American Time Use Survey. And what they asked, 35,000 people, and again, we love that number because whatever you're going to conclude is, is going to apply to the average situation because so many participants are, are asked. You know, it was to list your activities in the past 24 hours and how much time you spent doing them. And from that, they got the two hours. So the people who'd spent two hours in leisure in the past 24 um, they sort of said they had a greater sense of well-being is the idea. After five hours, if they spent more than five hours in their leisure time, that was negative. Okay, and that's where that number came from. Now, guys, you might wonder what are they doing the rest of the time? Well, they might be sleeping, they're at work, they might be commuting, various things, you know, stuff that wouldn't count as leisure, basically. They kind of, they define leisure in various ways. So two hours was the optimum, they showed. If you go beyond two hours, the beneficial effects seem to wear off. And that was very interesting. And then the second study, which agreed with the first, that's why it's a big report, I suppose, because there were two separate studies, is the national study. Uh, it's called the National Study of the Changing Workforce. So again, man, many psychologists and analysts are looking at how the work situation is changing. Of course, COVID is informing some of that and they're wondering what's the optimum. And, you know, th- this speaks about the optimum number of hours per week we should be working, for instance. Should we work less per week and have more time doing other things? So these studies are, are, are very important for our future, I suppose. But again, they showed the amount of time spent in leisure plateaus two hours is there against the plateau they didn't go beyond five hours so they couldn't say if you go beyond five it's more damaging but uh, but certainly there was a limit to how good leisure can be and two hours again is the overall bottom line from those studies those studies also reported that solo or non-productive time uh, they said had a negative effect whereas social or what they call a productive time was the best so again it agrees with the other things I've been saying in a sense if you feel you're doing something meaningful and purposeful in your leisure time and that can be as I say painting or it can be being in a team and winning an event just to some sense that you're doing something that's useful that's great and then secondly uh, if it's social brilliant we need these social activities and of course if we're exercising that's purposeful so keep that that's the thing to keep in mind and that was the kind of thing they were concluding so the bottom line from all those studies is two hours optimum they talk about empty days try and do something productive and if you do all that then you'll be optimising your leisure time now remember try to have fun Let's face it, these things can sometimes take the fun out of things, can't they? These scientific analyses. But the truth is, if you feel you're doing something and you're enjoying it, don't do it for too long, is the kind of bottom line, because that might take the joy out of it. Think about what you might do in your leisure time. And if you follow these guidelines, you will benefit hugely from your time off, which is very important for us all in these very, very busy times. So thanks for listening. That's the science of free time. And uh, my podcast is a News Talk production, and it's available every Thursday. Thanks for listening.